So we now have Edna back on the podcast with us. How are you doing, Edna? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me back. I'm doing great. Thanks for coming back. Big news, you were recently back on television. You were on the Shark Tank. How was, uh, how was that experience? Well, it's totally, totally different um, <laughs> than being on the island for a variety of reasons, obviously. <clears throat> Rather than being on a whole series for the whole season, you're just on this 10-minute um, clip, and then you don't have um, people like Brandon or Coach telling you what to do every <laughs> <laughs> couple minutes. <sighs> Although you do have Mr. Wonderful telling you what to do. <laughs> he is actually very reasonable. Um, he didn't call me a cockroach. He was over <laughs> or, or, or anything. He was actually very nice to me as well. Um, and so I really can't complain too much about my Mr. Wonderful experience. <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit what was the like the process of how you ended up on the Shark sure. Tank? Sure. Um, so this for this particular episode, um, show, I actually applied through the process. I went on their website. I think it's like um, Shark Tank Applications at Yahoo or something like that. So it's, it's not like an ABC website mm-hmm. or an um, ABC email address. You just submit your, like, 120-word um, pitch to them, send them a picture. And literally I waited for um, five months or more before I heard anything. Mm. Then they said, congratulations, you're moving on to the next step. So um, the next step is filling out some forms and then sending in um, a list of video questions, which I did. And then um, I, I didn't hear anything for a couple months. And then all of a sudden it's like um, you're assigned a producer, a producing team, and you write a pitch. And then after six or seven revisions, um, you have your final pitch um, the weekend before you actually film. You're, uh, you pitch um, a practice dry run in front of the producers. And then the next day we're filming. Huh? It's literally the whole time that I was actually on set um, in front of the sharks um, was maybe about 45 minutes, and they cut that down to, like, I think my segment's like eight and a half minutes, mm-hmm. um, and you, the first time you see the sharks is when they're sitting in those chairs and you're walking down that hallway, and then you don't see them or hang out with them afterwards, um, and that's it, and the next time you hear from them, the, produce, the producers of the television team is a week before your episode airs and to say, hey, your episode air is airing. So like with Survivor, like you know you're going to be on the season. Even if you yeah. have a very minimal appearance, you know you're going to be somewhere maybe in there along the way. But with this, they, they film, um, according to last year's number, they filmed 140 entrepreneurs and only 99% of, only 99 of those 140 um, were aired. And wow. so you, they don't guarantee airing even if you filmed. So even if you got a deal with the sharks, no one could know. Yeah, and so apparently um, I asked them, I said, um, were there any deals that were made, and are those deals binding even if the episode doesn't air? And apparently Mark Cuban had two deals that were done. Those episodes weren't aired, um, but those um, the whole due diligence process was continuing with that um, business owner. Ah, uh, okay. You said that the whole pitch, though, is 45 minutes long? Yeah, so... Um, uh, <laughs> the whole process, like you do your, you, you walk down the hall, and the hall is very short. Um, it's an optical illusion what they have, um, and then the tanks that you see on both sides are um, their flat screen TV, um, video looped image of, of an aquarium in, um, in Nevada somewhere at a huh. casino, um, and so that that's on a continuous loop, and it doesn't, and, and I think it might be just one aquarium, but it's playing on different. Um, time segments, so it, it looks like um, many different aquariums along that way. Um, 
you walk down that hallway and then those um literally those doors are on like a pulley system and there's a guy standing behind it like <laughs> you're ready and he like pulls the little pulley and the doors like swing open <laughs> but it's like come on sony studios can't you get something more high tech than this guy standing behind and pulling this little <laughs> string um but and then you you've been there down there um from beginning to the end my my time on the stage was about 45 minutes it's so, hard to tell though so obviously we only see a very small portion of that is most of the the rest of the time just them asking you questions or is it uh you making a much longer pitch so the my first um few segments that they have it pretty structured mm-hmm. so they want you to say i'm so and so i'm asking for such and such and this is what i'm offering as the equity mm-hmm. at the very beginning even though it may not make any sense yeah and so um they said that they're um the sharks are um poise pen and paper at that point to write it down because I, I didn't want to distract like my strategy my my strategy is like here i am dr ma here's my here's my story here's my product yeah. and then tell them what I, my ask was mm-hmm. i didn't want them to be writing while i was continuing my pitch because i didn't want them to be distracted yeah and no 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 the, the producers did not want that they want your ask at the beginning and so that's why it's very structured like that um then the rest of the time it was um Mr. Wonderful was actually kind of asking me questions in the middle of the pitch. And I was like, I'm not done with my pitch yet. <laughs> and so, and, and that's when I said to him, I'm not done with my pitch. And so, and, and actually I went back and I took a, a pause because I knew that the, um, the editors wouldn't use that, took a pause and then they continued with that pitch. And then what you actually saw was like an uninterrupted pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, there was a bunch of other stuff, um, like them asking me about numb nuts. They couldn't actually say numb nuts, but and they huh. knew that. And I said that. And that's why I said, numb, fill in the blanks. And that's why Mark Cuban said, numb cashews. And so um, there was that, um, the whole discussion about numb nuts that didn't make it um, on television just for FCC guidelines. It's odd that you can't say numb nuts on I know, you think that <laughs> I mean, you could show, like, a breast mound or whatever, <laughs> or, like, you know almost like soft core porn yeah. <laughs> but you can't say numb nuts i don't know if it's it's it's, it's like a abc or whatever which is owned by disney i have no yeah, idea maybe that's it i don't know but yeah <laughs> that was funny i was i when i watched it i was like well why didn't she just say it <laughs> yeah, yeah I, they had these people at the um during the rehearsal um fcc people standing there and saying what you couldn't say and could say and so they told me if i said that or and mentioned anything about survivor which is on cbs mm. they would edit it and i didn't want to jeopardize my possibility of airing yeah um, and so i didn't want to piss off the producers so i wanted to make sure that i did everything that they said to um guarantee as much as possible that i would air yeah you ended up not getting a deal but uh and, and they, their sort of reasons were that you were, well, what it appeared anyway, is that you were really too busy and you had so much going on that you didn't have enough focus. Did you sort of know that they may have had issues with that going into the tank? No, I had no idea because um, they worked with other people before um, and had busy people or busy situations. Yeah. Um, and I think they, how do I put this? So my husband actually the week before we're getting ready to pitch, he's like, you know, I'd be surprised if you got a deal. And I'm like, what a supportive husband I have, right? <laughs> he's like, just, he's like, I'm not trying to not be supportive. It's just that, just think about these, um, th- that their portfolios are like, you know, Lori tends to, um, invest in things like little baby things and, um, pet stuff and home goods. And then, um, Barbara is like mostly like food, 
food, mm-hmm. whatever. And um, Robert will invest in anything with, that has, like, to do with pets and dogs. Um, and there's, like, there's some emotional um, investing, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband's like, just think about it. It doesn't fit their portfolio. And um, so he said that objectively, and then I didn't want to or choose to believe that until after it happened. But um, it actually hasn't been a loss. Um, I've had a tremendous um, outpouring of interest and potential investors, including a group of um, retired people down in Florida who have nothing but time and money on their hands and want to help me. But so it's just like everybody from a lot of different places in the country and and actually in Canada and Puerto Rico who have been interested in trying to help me. So I I would have to say, even though I didn't get a deal on TV, I I know I will get a deal um, off off camera. Yeah, that's awesome. Hopefully... uh... And next season we'll have one of those Shark Tank updates, and we'll see. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to I'm trying to do. You know, yeah. they, they, they tell us that um, the marketing value for one of these um, shows, for one of these segments, is about thirty million dollars worth of marketing. And I would say that that is at least what you can do, um, especially having been on the streets and hustling for um, investors. This is like to have this kind of um, instant connection with people and who are interested. I don't even have to try to sell them my product or do a little song and dance. They're interested. They already saw my eight minute pitch yeah. and they want, they want to be a part of it. It's just, it's really an amazing feeling to have people want to say, well, I, I tell, like, today I had a conversation with somebody. I said, I don't know if this is um, a good fit right now, but I, I think we should keep this conversation going and um, keep the dialogue um, continuing. He's like, I, I just want to be involved somehow. He's like, trying to he's begging me to take his money because he wants to be part of this i and just to have that kind of support it's just like amazing yeah absolutely yeah lots of uh good can come on the shark tank even if you don't necessarily get a deal with one of the you know five investors right exactly yeah was there anyone that you were really hoping would change their mind at the end and come back in and (laughs) the people that i really wanted to work with were probably Lori, um even mark cuban um and probably Barbara because she's a woman. Um, I think that if I got a deal with any of the sharks, I would not have complained because Kevin O'Leary would only go into a deal if he knew he could make money. So yeah. if he said yes, I would say I wouldn't say no mm-hmm. because you're, he's not going to say yes to a deal where he can't make money. Yeah. So it, it, I don't see it as a really good fit for him. But you know, um, if you watch the show in the previous seasons, he did a deal with this company called. Talbot Tees, where he sold it to, like, six months later, he sold it to Jamba Juice, and they made a ton of money. And so I actually mentioned that on the, epi- on the episode, um, and they didn't, it, it didn't appear on the final um, segment. I really enjoyed uh, watching you on it. I think it was really fun uh, to see you back on it, and I'm glad that uh, lots of good things are coming out of it, even if, uh, even if you didn't get a deal from one of the five. Yeah, you know, I can't really complain, and and it just speaks to the power of television still, even though we're still on a very digitally-based society with um, these um, podcasts and then um, even Netflix, where they have, like, direct Netflix videos. um, That power of television, especially network, is still still there, so I... I kept trying. Like my first goal of getting when I was on Survivor, I was originally to get on Shark Tank, but um, finally, with with the proper process, I was able to get on the show. Finally. Yeah, and uh, how long ago did you film that? Because you know they talk about the numbers of what you project and everything. 
Uh, that was filmed in um, early July. It actually happened to be the week of Coach's wedding, and I didn't go to Coach's wedding oh. because <laughs> I was filming that. And um, and so Coach was like, just um, he's like, oh, I really want you to go. I said, but this is like this is this is I can't say no to these guys. Yeah. And so um, I think Coach's wedding was like on July third, and I think we filmed like um, July second. So I couldn't I couldn't go. And you're on, you're kind of on a call. They tell you're going to film one of these two days or, or one of these three days, and you have to be available to them um, during those days. And their, their filming schedule is kind of um, fluctuates because uh, depending on how long individual pitches go, like. Our pitch yeah. was um, right after or right before the goats. Uh-huh. I sat next to the goats, um, and I was like, what is the deal with this trailer? And so, <laughs> And I talked to Matt Richmond um, for a very long time about his goats. And so, um, like, those that set up to have those goats come down and then, like, the set up the bushes and everything, that takes a lot of time, so it can change the filming schedule. That was one that I wasn't surprised didn't get a deal. <laughs> 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 you know, you know, you're sitting in the in the room with these other entrepreneurs, and you're like, you're trying to see which one is the joke product. Which one is the, you know, am I the joke product? I might be the joke product. You know, and so you just like you're just trying to figure out which one. You know, there's always that product out there. You, you got to be kidding, you know. But it, they got really. I'm sure they had a lot of exposure and maybe potential investors. Oh yeah, was, yeah. Well, I was even telling my my wife when we were watching, and I said. If Edna is the last person on the show, then she probably gets a deal. Because whoever the last yeah. person on the episode, they usually they have a commercial break right before someone gives them a deal. So yeah, you're totally right. Because um, <laughs> the people who watch the show a lot, they know it's like it's like deal, no deal, two deal, two no deals, and then sandwiched by a deal. So it's like it starts with a happy beginning and like, and then it's kind of uh, with a, a happy ending. So um, in the in, in between, you kind of have this emotional um, up and down. So um, when, you know, do you know Mertz? Yes. Okay, so Mertz is like, when I saw you going second in the tank, I knew you weren't going to get a deal. And I'm like, oh, great, thanks. Now, did you know which of these sharks would be in there when you went, you entered? Because obviously, you know, Damon wasn't in there and, and you had both females in there. So um, there had been rumors that Damon wasn't going to be involved, um, but during the rehearsal pitch, they had all the sharks, um, little pictures of the sharks all lined up, um, headshots of them all lined up in a row, as if all the sharks were going to be there. And then, like, literally the um, a few hours before you're pitching, they just tell you, um, there's not going to be Damon, but it's going to be Barbara and um, Lori together. Yeah, it's interesting that they're they're switching this up. I I'm curious is like is it Damon who says okay yeah I can I can be out of here or is it like the producers say all right Damon you're going off a couple episodes we're gonna put both girls in. Yeah, I think um I I just didn't think Damon was doing that many deals so um, yeah so I think that um I think they're just kind of um, listening to the audience if anything. Yeah, Damon seems to be out of all of them very specific specific in you know clothing and, and sort of that same fashion line and anything outside of that he's generally more uh leery of unless he's going in with other people exactly he has to, he doesn't want to go on his um on his own and it actually is their money when they invest it's actually their own money that um it's that's being used it's not like the production team or the network's money yeah well and i think it was I was uh, interested to find out i heard that the other day that mark cuban was talking about that before this season everyone had to pay part of their equity of their business to the show itself. That's right. This season was the first season. Um, I think it's like, um, it used to be 5% equity of your company. 
and people still did it. And when I applied, I thought that that was the situation. It would still be worth the money, still still be worth the opportunity, this kind of exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but when we were sitting there, um, the first contract that we received said that um, it unspecified amount of. Um, equity to the uh, company or 2% of cash flow. So they got such a huge backlash um, that they changed it for our season. So um, the second and third set of contracts that we got um, didn't actually specify the equity that was due. So when we showed up at the studio, they said, um, your initial contract mentioned it, but if you will notice subsequent contracts that we sent you, um, they made no mention. And so this is the first season that we're not going to be doing this um, equity division. So it's actually very good. Yeah, I even heard Mark Cuban said he made them go back retroactively and give it all back to the people who were on before. Oh, I, hadn't, I didn't know that, um, but that's really good that they did, because seriously, they, they don't need the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure they're making just a, a, a huge amount on their own without taking equity from every single... I can't even imagine how what type of bookkeeping it would be in order to it, for that oh, yeah. to be to be done because what a what a pain in the butt well even like what you said you know not everyone gets to air so do you still have to give up you know five percent of your equity if yours didn't even make it on the show i have I, you see i don't even know it's yeah. just like it, it just seems like it, i mean it was a good thing that they had got rid of that that's yeah so uh you're you're not watching survivor this season right <laughs> you do have to say that out loud i'm kind of embarrassed um we actually um went through the um, audition process, my sister and I, um, but we didn't get selected. My sister who went to the island for the family visit, and um, they didn't feel as though we would be, this is how he put it, um, uh, your sister is not relatable. (laughs) And she's a a professor, um, and I think when she did her um, interview with the production team, um, she came off as a very uh, luxury or very mm-hmm. like uh, professorial kind of. So um, I don't think that they they didn't connect with her very easily. And, and she, the thing is, she's smaller than I am, and um, you wouldn't think that she's very intimidating. But um, she had that very much. I I don't know. I, I told you so kind of uh, presence about her. I suppose. Yeah. Now, uh, even though you haven't watched it, have you heard some of the things that have happened so far? Yes, like Rupert was like voted off immediately. Well, yeah, yeah. Rupert, uh, actually, his wife was voted off immediately, and he switched places with her. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Maybe I should start watching this before the, end of the, before the finale. I have it recorded. Yeah. And plus, it's on CBS. It's, it's one of those seasons where I think all, you know, longtime fans came into the season going, oh, no. <laughs> like, this could be bad. But then, this season has been really good. Like, it's been very entertaining to watch, and, you know, a lot of the fans' complaints the past couple seasons is that like they only show one or two people and then everyone else gets thrown by the wayside. I think they've done a really good job of featuring everyone. So you're really getting to know everyone on the show, which is sort of, I I heard it was just like too much, the family drama and then like redemption Island. It's not too much. Is it? I think redemption Island works better this season than the past seasons that it was on. That being said, it's not. I don't love Redemption Island still, but I think the idea of being able to switch with your loved one when when they're in Redemption Island, I think that adds a new new twist to it, um, and I think it's okay. <laughs> that's that's about as much praise as I'm going to give it, but I, I think it's okay. It sort of fits with the season. I'll have to um, I'll have to go back and watch it because now 
a little bit embarrassing have been having been on Redemption Island and just you know the problem is like I think I get a um I definitely get PTSD so um <laughs> I didn't want to watch the season that I was on and then watching One World right after that was like very hard for me to watch because it was the exact same camp mm-hmm. um and then this season when like um Shark Tank was being was airing I think I was on week five the f- I didn't watch any of the seasons until um literally the week or the day before my episode was going to air I just flipped through to see who I saw um in the in the um recording they, like we there's opportunity to kind of meet the other entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. I found the episodes that I knew people from that was like literally the only time I watched it. it's just like hearing the music and then um just like <laughs> and, and knowing, like, for me, I was kind of emotional in the tank, and then um, that feeling of just, like, anxiety and everything just, like, comes back when you hear the music, and so I just yeah. haven't been watching anything, and then just, like, hearing Jeff's voice, it's just, like, it's just too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Jeff, you uh, got to see him the other day, perchance? <laughs> he, was, he was just walking down the street. I was, like, parked in my car on the telephone call with a potential investor, um, and I was sitting at the steering wheel and um, facing this low wall, and then there's, like, a sidewalk um, facing the street, and Jeff walks by, and I'm like, hold on, hold on, I gotta go. Jeff Probst <laughs> just walked by me, and so I'm jumping off the phone, um, and like, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff! He tra- and of course he's like um, he's, he told he was sweet he's like oh I saw you on the Shark Tank the other night the kids recognized you <laughs> and um, he, he's he, so he, he I mean it was really sweet so um, we talked briefly and talked briefly about Cochrane um, and then basically he was on his way he had like a, a meeting or some other obligation to go to so um, but it was nice to see him just even briefly yeah. No, that's cool. Did you hear uh, anything about uh, Colton this season? No, tell me. Okay. Well, Colton ended up quitting. Again? Yeah, well, that's the big controversy. Did he quit the first time or was it a medical evacuation? He was, n- he was not in a good position on his tribe, and he ended up quitting the game. And he calls it, in his exit interviews, he said it was strategy, you know, because he was helping out his loved one by him being gone that puts the target off him. But uh, a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, that's nice to say, you know, three months later after you're off the island and not not when you actually quit. It's hard out there. I don't know um, to – it is really hard out there. Pretty much um, for the first two or three days, um, I really wanted to quit. And it takes – it's so hard to be out there. And, you know, I heard multiple things about his um, exit the first time that he – um, had feigned this abdominal pain, um, but you know, there's nobody who really know the truth. Yeah. There's so. Yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah, he he probably has maybe the worst reputation of any survivor now because right? he, because of the the horrible things he said last season. Now he's a quitter on top of it. It's uh, <laughs> it's not bode well for Col- Colton. It's too bad for him because I think he could have um, really represented a whole demographic of um, individuals and um, who are um, underrepresented in the um, in main, in the public and in the media. So it's too bad. Yeah, and I think I I know he's a huge fan of the show itself, but I think I just don't think that he can actually cut it out on Survivor, and I think uh, he recognized that the second time it took him to recognize that, apparently, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... That's too bad for him. Yeah. 
a lot of the fans, you know, obviously they were upset that he's quit, but at the same time they were sort of happy he was off the show, so. Right. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a, a double-edged sword, but yeah. That's that's probably one of the biggest moments so far is, is like the third episode. And... Yeah, I'm going to have to, um, you know what, you've convinced me that I have to watch this, so. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's very, uh, very interesting season. I, I think... This season could turn out to be one of the the better ones in the past, you know, five six years of Survivor. So that's exciting. That's yeah. really exciting because I think that when you have a show like this going on, twenty six, twenty seven seasons, um, you have to mix it up a little bit in order to keep the audience entertained. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know who's on the season? Is there anyone not even watching it that you're particularly rooting for? Not, not anybody in particular. I know that there's some good people who um, are on the show, and like um, I know that Monica's has her name always comes up as good people. Um, and then I know that last time she was on the show, all her winnings I think she gave to charity, and um, so that for sure I know that her reputation in the Survivor community alum has um, has been pretty prominent. Yeah, just uh, just wait till you watch her husband on the show. Is he a big um, wuss? No, he's the he's sort of a a villain, quote unquote. He's uh, uh, people don't like him. <laughs> I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. Well, before uh, we let you go, we want to play a game with you if you're up for it. Yes. Okay. It's just one of those things where I have to like shoot somebody. Shoot someone? No. No, no, no nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. We're gonna play uh, say anything. So what it is is I'll ask you a question. You can literally say anything. It's very straightforward. Are you up for it? Yes, yes. Okay. I have all ears. I feel like I should take notes or something. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's not a, not a test. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you just get to... <laughs> I'm ready. All right. <laughs> First question. What magical power would be the coolest to have? I like these kind of questions. So the problem is, is when you overthink these powers, you know, it's like, if, okay, <laughs> flying would be really good or neat because then it's like, okay, do my clothes get to fly with me or should just like, I'm going to show up naked, but you know, that, that would be a good one. And it's like, well, maybe how about like living forever? That's also a good one too. Right. But so then you're going to be old or can you kind of keep your youth at the same time, all your friends and everybody will be dead. Um, and then like invisibility, you know, it, it, that would be a really cool one. But what about your clothes again? Are your clothes going to be invisible too? I don't want to walk around naked, right? <laughs> yeah. Teleporting, again, it's like another one, but uh, you, you want to control where you teleport into. Time travel, another one, would be really good. I can't. Do I have to just pick one? You just have to. Which one would be the coolest to have? <laughs> <laughs> okay, gosh. Um, maybe teleporting. Saves so much time. Oh, yeah. Especially... Think how easy it would be to travel the world then. You wouldn't have to... <laughs> but then you'd be by yourself. You know, this is the problem. Like, you kind of overthink. It's like, can I teleport my family with Yeah, yeah. if they're holding you, luggage? can they teleport with you? If they're yeah, yeah, I'd you? want yeah. them to come with. We'll like, just we assume that that's possible. Okay, then teleport. <laughs> All right, next question. What would be the worst possible pizza topping? Okay, I, this is pretty straightforward because um, my friend actually orders this and she thinks it tastes good. I saw sardines and a pineapple. Ugh, not a big fan. <laughs> no, no. She thinks it tastes good. She's like, oh, sweet and salty. Tastes good. I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> All right. Which former survivor would make the worst presidential candidate? Um, so I know that is it wasn't like um, Rupert actually running for, like, governor. He was, yes. He did not yes. win. 
He didn't make it, I don't think. No, he didn't win. That's why he came back on Survivor. <laughs> yeah, see. Um, the worst presidential candidate, Brandon Hans. Okay. Russell Hans. <laughs> Anybody who ends with Hans. <laughs> Good call. I, I, yeah. I, Brandon Hans as president is something that uh, hopefully we Can won't actually every see. Every speech that he'd end with, he'd be like spitting. I control my own fate. He's <laughs> They'd have to bleep a lot more of the presidential speeches, right? too. And probably have uh, required subtitles or something. Yeah. Uh, all right. What would you not do, even if your life depended on it? See, that's really hard. Um, see, if my life depended on it, then it's like you pretty much do anything if your life really depended on it. You could say nothing. I guess... I guess it would be, if it was, like, sacrificing um, the life of one of my loved ones. Okay. That would have had the, obviously, it had the really extreme. Yeah. What would be the oddest subject for a documentary? There's all these, like, cult things um, these days. Even, like, um, do you ever watch uh, Lisa Ling's Our America? It's this documentary. Uh, you know, she's a journalist, and she mm-hmm. kind of focuses on kind of weird things. And they, and the most, one, one episode she did last year was um, Fifty Shades of Kink. And she was talking about how this whole, like, cult of um, Fifty Shades of Grey people kind of living out their sexual fantasies. And you'd think that that would be something like a, a journalist as um, renowned as Lisa Ling would, wouldn't necessarily broach, but it's like something that she had. Uh, did a documentary on. Yeah. Gosh, I think you can make anything kind of interesting. Like, um, anything about manufacturing would be kind of really cool. I love those things, how things are done. Mm-hmm. I think um, any any documentary that has to do with, like, animal shelters, that would probably be really horrible. You know, those, mm-hmm. um, those what's that one um, society organization that asks you to raise money and it has, like, Cheryl Crow music playing on the back? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is, like, the worst. I, uh-huh. like, I start crying when I see those commercials and just have to turn it off. Like that would be the worst um, documentary because you would just see how horrible people are to animals, I think. Yeah. yeah, So that would be be the worst. All right. Next question. (laughs) What former survivor would be the most interesting to take a class from? I think, of course, I, I, I love Cochran. So probably Cochran. I think he's kind of neurotic in his way, but he also has a lot of knowledge to him. Um, in part, like, in terms of legal and maybe, like, writing in the, um, for a television show. I think that would be a lot of fun. So what class would you like to him to teach? Maybe a creative writing class. Okay, nice. I like it. Which job or what job would you most like to try for a week? Maybe, like, um, a travel writer or, like, a food taster. And, um, to, to just, like, what's the... It's not a food taster. What is it called when you actually... A, a restaurant a criti- um, critic? Yeah, a food critic. That would be um, like a restaurant critic or um, a travel writer. That would be a lot of fun, I think. Or even a journal, like a journalist. What would be the most inappropriate thing to say on a first date? Oh, God, I can think so. Um, is that smell you? <laughs> That's a good one. What former survivor would be the most comical as the star of a musical? Coach. <laughs> Coach the musical, I like it. Coach the musical. <laughs> he would be doing like coachy and stuff like that. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much, Enda, for playing the game Say Anything. Uh, loved your answers. And thank you guys, thank you just so much for coming on and uh, talking with us about the Shark Tank. And you're one of our, our favorite guests we have to have on, and I know we definitely will have you on again in the future. So uh, 
Thank you so much for coming, and, and we'll talk to you later. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Have a good Take day. Take care. Bye. Bye.